Hello and welcome back to another edition of the K-Pop Ramba Podcast. I'm your host, Gyanaman, and for today's episode, I'm going to give you my thoughts on the K-drama College Stranger. And, you know, I gotta tell you, I went into this drama blind, and I wasn't, I didn't really have any expectations, really, but, wow. I was just blown away by the first season of Stranger. And, you know, considering that the second season just premiered last week on Netflix, I figured, well, I gotta tell you guys that you should watch season one of Stranger immediately because you will not regret it. And you will definitely have a very enjoyable time watching this drama, let me tell you. But before I get into all of the reasons why you should do that, if you like this podcast and you like what we do, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We are available on just about any podcast platform you can think of. However, if you are on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to subscribe and leave a 5-star rating to the podcast as it helps it a lot. And... Last but not least, our social media will be in the description below. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. Right, I guess we should start off with the big giant question. What made Season 1 A Stranger so good? Well, I've thought about it after watching season one, and I think I can break it down to four reasons. Reason number one, it's a well-crafted story. It's a story that honestly, I don't really have any complaints about. This, this drama didn't really do anything wrong in terms of story, as it was compelling. All the twists and turns that it made were fantastic, and it was just amazing. It was great. I honestly have no complaints. Reason number two. The characters are incredibly well-developed. Now, whilst the other K-dramas that I've seen are good, sometimes I do kind of get annoyed that some characters that I believe should be, you know, more important end up being just one-dimensional and, you know, they're very predictable characters. In this drama, that is not the case. As, you know, of course, the main characters in Shimok and... Yojin are, you know, the stars of the show, and honestly, they're. I'll, I'll get into them a little bit later, but like their dynamic is what makes this show so good. It's great, and even like you know, all of the other characters in this show are equally as interesting and developed as well, and it's just great. <laughs> okay, see, reason number three, it kept my attention. Well, I mean, that's pretty common sense but like literally like considering how the story turned out like you need a very good reason as to why you're not watching put it that way and reason number four which i think is probably the most important to come out of stranger it was provocative it left you thinking well at least for me anyway because there's certain things that happen in this drama that you know it left me thinking about life like things Especially the things that they that you see that happen in this drama, and it's just great. <laughs> and you know that kind of ends like the spoiler-free version because in order to elaborate on these four points, I gotta get you know I gotta talk about it further. So you know seriously, like if you haven't watched Stranger season one yet, go watch it. Like seriously, I know I, I usually like put this notice slash disclaimer like at the end of the podcast, which 
on like on you know second thought like i don't really understand why i do that but seriously if you haven't watched season one of stranger go watch it now and see for yourself because all of the points that i've just told you they're gonna ring true let me tell you if they don't well message me about it and then we'll talk but stranger was a well-crafted story because it was just written in a very intelligent and complex way like you know as this show is a crime drama obviously you are gonna be you're gonna be seeing a very complex plot unfold before your eyes and this show does that magnificently and you know it has incredibly compelling characters as well like you know let's start with the two main stars of the show in my opinion that honestly are my favorite character duo ever in a k-drama now i say that because i've only watched relatively few k-dramas compared to other people but i i have to say like she huang chimok and han yojin are wow they're such good characters like let's let's start off with chimok for example he suffers from a health condition which causes him to not really experience emotions compared to other people now it's it's not to say like his emotions are completely gone it's just incredibly suppressed and that leads him to be just a genius and his genius is honestly the reason why he is able to you know accomplish what he intends to do in solving the crime and you know he's just so he's just so captivating to watch because he can like deduct and analyze things in a way that i don't think other people can do like i think in a way like in terms of intelligence i think shimok is like in space and like everyone else like all the people helping him are kind of like on earth trying to figure out like how is he how did he figure out that that and that and like how how does he know all of these things it's like like he in of itself is like he's just so captivating and he was just so interesting as well and you know yojin he she is just amazing as well like she like she's like the badass detective that we've all wanted and you know in a way like she is different to shimok in that she is empathetic and i mean that's probably because she doesn't have a mental con- condition like shimok but you know the fact that yojin is able to you know empathize with people able to you know understand the emotions of other people helps shimok develop as a character as well because you know because of the fact that he can't really like express emotions he's just very stoic very monotone in a way yojin is the only person able to kind of unlock the emotions that he does have like deep down inside and you know in a way like i feel like yojin's character kind of just rubbed off off of shimok and he became more human over time over the course of the show and it was really really intriguing and genuinely heartwarming to see throughout just to see just to see like develop because 
you know, like in the beginning of the show, Shimok this starts off as this stoic, very cold-hearted prosecutor who I mean, I think it's kind of safe to say that a lot of his coworkers don't really like him because he is cold, very cold-hearted. He's just a very straight to the point man, and while he is arguably brilliant at his job, he hasn't exactly made a lot of friends, mostly because of the fact that, well, he's not exactly a personable person. <laughs> and, you know, by the end of the show, you see him just, well, I wouldn't say like he is like a full on, like extroverted person who like is like incredibly emotional to everyone. Like, no, like he still is kind of like that's he's still like that stoic man but in a way like yojin has helped him you know feel emotions again in a way like you know it says a lot when by the end of the the show like he is smiling <laughs> and like you know like you know i have to say like as a side note like that damn smile man like shimok's smile like whenever it happens like it only happened like twice in the whole show was like as worth it as seeing the killer slash you know all of those people responsible for the crime go behind bars because seeing him just become a little bit more human was totally worth it for me like you know like just the fact that i like i've like gone on about that is just it, it just speaks to how like multifaceted this show is like not only it's just it's a uh, it's a show about you know crime and how corruption can go so deep within society it also kind of shows a very human side as well and you know i think you can really really appreciate that just to see and it was just you know it was just brilliant and you know yojin you know as i've already said she helped Shimok in ways that I don't think he could ever imagine. And just to top off that fact as well, she's the badass that takes, I'm gonna swear here, she takes no shit. She is gutsy, she's brave. Like, everything that you want a good character to be, she is it. And, oh god. Yeah, like, it's just great to just watch these two characters they interact because they complement each other so much and you know i've already rambled on for like at least four minutes about them but you can see why because they complement each other so much and you know their intellect and their thinking power together is just wow it's just a force to be reckoned with and that's probably why like they were able to accomplish what they set out to do by the end and you know, like, I know I've already kind of talked about, like, Yojin and Shimok quite a lot already, but, you know, there's other characters here as well that are just equally as interesting and intriguing as well. Like, you know, let's let's go to Dong Jae, for example. Like, I've already said before, he was a bit of a prick, which he is. And to me, like, after watching this show, I was kind of ready to accept that he was this... A minion like a minor crony within the whole like complicated sphere of like evil in this show but 
I think by the end, I kind of changed my mind in a way because it, <laughs> I don't like, this might be controversial, but even though Dong Jae has obviously very sexist tendencies, because if you remember that, uh, that encounter in episode seven at the bridge with Yojin, um, that was to be honest, quite painful to watch, and I honestly wanted to punch him. <laughs> I'm sure Yojin wanted to punch him as well, but, you know, I think he did all of those things because he was concerned about himself. He wanted to survive, basically. And <laughs> I don't think he is necessarily, like, a bad person. Like... I think you can't really compare him to like um, Yi Li Yongbom, who's like you know, I arguably he's like the pure villain in this show. But I can't really speak of that with Dong Jae because, as I've already said, like he's just trying to survive, and it's quite clear, like at least by like the halfway point of this drama that. He was just trying to do whatever it takes to make sure that he gets out of this relatively unscathed. Like, he was basically playing both sides in Shimok and Li Changjun and his father-in-law. <laughs> and he kind of ended up being like a double agent of some sorts, which was really interesting, honestly, because, you know, like, just to see him kind of just trying to play both sides and you know at the end of the day like he actually kind of turned out on the right side of the story where he basically managed to get away unscathed and in my opinion i think he also kind of changed as well because you know at the beginning he was kind of a jerk to everyone especially the yunsu and like shimok as well but i think by the end i think he kind of realized that you know I think if Dong Jae was like proceeded on the path that he was on a bit further, he would have ended up like Lee Chang Jun, which I'll get into a bit in a little bit because he, you know, he spoiler, he tragically died because of all the things that he was involved with. And I think Dong Jae kind of realizes this and I think he genuinely wants to change. Now, what <laughs> If that change actually happens, I guess we'll have to find out in season two. But, you know, I think by the end of this season, I think he genuinely wants to change as a person. And I think he just wants to do better because he already saw a good friend of his, you know, suffer a fate that he doesn't want because of the path that he took as a person. And, you know, I think that really like impacted him and... You know, I think in a way, he kind of redeemed himself in that regard. And, you know, it was just really nice to see that because I don't think he was genuinely evil, evil. He was just doing what it takes to survive. And, you know, when you do that, sometimes you kind of end up doing heinous, evil things to certain people, which, as we do see in the show, he did kind of a lot. I mean, like, besides... Uh, <laughs> treating Yojin like trash in episode 7 I mean he did also almost choke out Yeonsu which yeah that wasn't good thank god she survived that even though she uh, you know you get the idea 
But, you know, like, even with a character like Dong Jae, like, it was a very multi, he was a very multifaceted character, like Yojin and Shimok, in a way, and he developed just as much as the main characters did. I mean, even, like, Unsu, for example, who, again, she is a side character in this show. She had her own role to play as well, and her character developed quite a lot within this show, even though, unfortunately, by the end, she unfortunately perished and she died because of what happened. But her character was, honestly, I think she's generally like the most heartbreaking character in the whole show because, you know, for one, she's like the rookie in the prosecution. And, you know, I think it says a lot when Unsu's father makes Shimok promise him that he is going to protect Unsu at all costs because, well, if you don't know, um, Unsu's father used to be the justice minister within the government. And unfortunately, he was pushed out because, well, he was frankly pushed out because of Lee um, Yeonbom because of all like the corruption and all that. But, you know, he of all people knows that, you know, the justice world isn't exactly a friendly place. And, you know, he fears that Unsu would get harmed. And, you know, even though that did unfortunately happen, and, you know, Shimok took great responsibility in making sure that Unsu, you know, she he protected her in trying to leave her out of the investigation at all costs. And that, I imagine, was incredibly heartbreaking and devastating for Unsu because... I, I think she couldn't understand why Shimok was constantly trying to push her away from the investigation where in fact like Shimok was just trying to protect her and you know her drive and determination ultimately just led to her death later on in the show and you know like I mean I'll never forget it honestly like when her body was found in episode 12 it was just that was mind numbing in a way because like like the rest of the characters that were just standing there at her looking at her body like they were just shocked and you know i think the fact that you know she was like probably arguably the most innocent character within the whole show this made her death more devastating and heartbreaking and like you know don't even get me started on like the funeral scene as well when like um Unsu's father was like scolding Shimok for failing to protect her daughter. His daughter was just, oh man, that was just devastating. And, you know, I think that just kind of speaks to her character a lot because the fact that that kind of created such an emotional impact on not just like the audience, like in people who watch, but like just everyone else in the show as well, I think kind of just speaks volumes to how well well written her character was and just how well woven her role in was in the story and you know you know you have to respect that a lot and you know speaking on Unsu like the person that she wanted to punish the most was Lee Changjun as she thought that he was responsible for this whole mess that got on with Unsu's father and in a way she was correct and you know Lee Changjun is 
in a way, he he was also a tragic character like Unsu as well because, well, not exact. It well, okay. Let me put it this way: Li Changjun isn't exactly. He isn't exactly like the tragic character like Unsu was, but he was tragic in the way that he kind of lost his way. And what I mean by that is like, you know, we kind of see that like in little snippets throughout the show that like Lee Changjun was actually a decent man before. Like he was someone who was idealistic. He was someone who believed in the idea of justice and making sure that it's protected and it you know people who break the law are punished as such and you know he was so idealistic and he was so he was such a believer in the justice system that you know Shimok was honestly inspired by him and that kind of speaks a lot and you know to see him to just basically reduce to just a pawn for his father-in-law is i think arguably a tragedy end of itself because okay i should say right now that what li changjun did was evil it was he was ultimately you know he was influenced by his father-in-law who we have already figured out by now he's just like the pure evil in this show but li changjun is you know he's only doing this because he's basically too involved he's too involved with the business of abusing his own power his own you know power that he has as a prosecutor he he belongs now to the group of certain people in power within korea that you know abuse their power and are basically corrupt individuals who take advantage of the fact that they are you know they can do things that not a lot of people are able to do and you know it's really sad to see that he knows this and that he just went with it like you know i think by the end when um his wife was reading essentially his like um goodbye i guess you could say suicide letter to to her that you know he kind of regrets everything that happened between him and like Han the Hanjo family who obviously of course is like Lee Yongbom's company and whatnot like he regrets anything to do with the fact that he got involved with them and that I guess that's also kind of saying in a way that he kind of regrets marrying into that family because it caused him to be so corrupt it caused him to be the person that he is in in the show and you know genuinely i kind of felt sorry for him in a way but at the end of the day he still did very evil things like he did everything in his power to essentially cover up what he did and <laughs> like you know even though at the end like he basically like provided all of the evidence to Shimok to basically indict all of those corrupt officials like he still made people suffer in the process and that's not right and you know I think like Lee Changjun is like a brilliant example of a tragic tragic 
try i don't know like i can't really call him a hero because he's not he's like a tragic person who was a hero at one point but eventually just lost his way and kind of fell into darkness and you know just him and his father-in-law this made such a dynamic evil duo because you know in Lee Changjun like he's evil but at the same time you kind of empathize with him because he is a good person who just lost his way and then you have like his father-in-law of course who we've kind of figured out already that he's this pure evil like there's no there's no way around that he's this pure evil so this having both of them just work together in an effort to basically stop Shimok from discovering what they're up to was just so intriguing to watch it was like 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 the great battle of good versus evil like in like in the legal stage was like on display here and it was just really just captivating to watch and you know speaking on very morally gray characters let's go to the actual culprit of the crime that you know killed Busung Park who I should mention this as well he's not exactly a good person either but he still died regardless but you know the fact that Yoon Sewon is responsible it shook me I was shocked because you know I think for at least three-fourths of this show for at least the first season I don't think I Maybe some people might had might have had some suspicion, some suspicion, but I don't think a lot of people would have expected him, of all people, to be responsible. Because first off, he was on Shimok's special investigation team, and to be honest, I genuinely thought that he was gonna be one of the good guys of the show. Like he was gonna be part of the squad that that was gonna do good, like the 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 good doers in like the special investigation squad squad that would have worked together to defeat Lee Changjun and Lee Yongbom. But, you know, that reveal in episode 12 with his tattoo and the fact that Yunsu saw it was wow. That was like wow. I mean, aside from the fact that that led to Unsu's death, rest in peace. But, you know, I think when he eventually did get caught his motives were much like Lee Changjun. They were just tragic, just straight up tragic. Because for okay, for Sewan's case, he went on to do what he did because, well, basically his son died in a horrible bus accident, and it turns out that the bus was faulty. And it so happened that the bus company that owned that said bus was owned by a certain Mr. Musung Park. And obviously he's a very prime, important character in this drama. And, you know, Sewan was devastated by the death of his son. And as we see, he got a divorce because of it because he was just so devastating. And it, you know, it created this fire inside of him to commit revenge on the people that were responsible. And that included Mr. Park. And he went on to basically commit all of those 
horrible crimes you see happen to Mr. Park and Kim Ga-young, of course. And, you know, I can understand, like, much like Lee Chang-jun, he was a good person. But instead of, you know, falling or, like, losing his way because of money and corruption or, like, power, he lost his way because of grief. And arguably, that's... Man, I think it's honestly comparable to Unsu's pain, like Unsu's like motives to basically be involved in the show so much because, you know, you can feel for him because he is someone who, you know, I think he was an honest man. He had an honest job working as a prosecutor. And the only reason that he's like this is because of what happened and it driven him it drove him to the point where he was willing to brutally murder Mr. Park. Um he was willingly he was willing to basically kidnap Kim Gayong, torture her, and basically like leave her to die almost. Like he did all of those horrible crimes. And you know, I think this kind of leads on to like an idea that I think the show wanted to talk about as well, and that I think that and that's like this idea of vigilante justice, and if it's actually something that is okay or not. Because you know, I think we've seen. I don't know for, for me, I've seen like other movies do this. Like I think a good example of someone like a character who does vigilante justice is like Batman, for example. He, like, you know, he's not exactly your atypical superhero. Like, he's just, when you think about it, he is just a millionaire who has a ton of gadgets and he goes out into Gotham beating up people because he believes justice should be brought upon them. Is that necessarily right? Arguably, you could say, no, that's not right. But, you know, for the sake of the story of Batman, people kind of ignore that, and I understand. But, you know, in the case of Stranger, Sewan, you know, he kind of has the same motivations as Batman in that he, he, he sees that, like, you know, the justice system has failed him in terms of finding who's responsible for the death of his son. And he decides to take matters into his own hands. And he proceeds to do all of these things, which if it equates to the goal of finding the person who is responsible and punishing them as such, I guess you could say that it's right. But ultimately it's not because he's still, you know, he made a lot of people suffer, much like Chan Jung did in his own way. And I think this show really, really tries to hit home on that idea. And I really, like, appreciate that because, you know, with something, like, the things that are done in this show are obviously very disturbing. And it kind of makes you think, like, you know, if, like, the people in power, like, those responsible for justice aren't able to do it, like, does it make it right for you to, you know put matters into your own hands and punish the people the way you see fit like does that make that right like you know i think in a way i kind of agree with what um shimok says at the end like at the end of the finale where you know he goes back onto that show basically saying that lee chang jun's actions and i think he's also saying you'd say one's actions as well 
like by proxy like their actions are something that's kind of you can understand why they did it but it's still ultimately something that's still wrong because they did heinous things that led to the unnecessary suffering of people and you know that doesn't make it right and you know i think shimok insists that you know punishing people by the justice system like the system of justice and laws that the government our society has kind of created is the way to go because vigilante justice to be honest to me like based on what we've seen in like media is messy and it kind of leaves you with this feeling of like are you like are you satisfied like you know i think it says a lot when uh mr park's son asks this question to say one in jail at by the end and you know it's quite obvious that Sewon doesn't feel satisfied he's not happy like i think when Sewon did all of these things i think he would have thought in his mind that he would have been at peace because the people that were responsible for the death of his son do not live anymore but instead he felt even more lonelier than before and i think that kind of says a lot because you know when you commit revenge it's kind of like you're kind of making your own grave i i don't remember who said that i remember like an important like writer or philosopher or poet or whatever said that about this concept of revenge but you know this happened to sewon and by the end he's just a broken man and it's just really really sad and i think that's why you know shimok you know recommits himself to you know protecting and you know advocating for the justice system and you know i think that's just a really great message as well and it just it just ends the drama on such a satisfying note in a way that not only just you know leaves you satisfied because the people who are in charge of the crimes or like who committed the crimes were you know put in jail or they died but it also leaves you thinking because it certainly left me thinking as well so you know on that note like it leaves off with the perfect segue to season 2 where it basically ends in a way that it's it, it's just set up perfectly for the next season and i'm so excited like I, like honestly right after i record this and edit this and like you know do all the things i have to do to like get this published online like i'm watching season 2 right now because i actually haven't watched the first two episodes yet and i know like as i'm recording this like the next two episodes are going to come out over the weekend so i just cannot wait because this is just a fantastic show and you know i just cannot wait to see what they have next because you know it's quite obvious that those in power the ones that are um excuse me the ones that are corrupt are still out there and shimok uh he's going to do his thing once again and i can't wait to see like shimok and hopefully like the rest of the crew that are you know still relevant join up together and come back evil once again and i really can't wait to see how they do that so yeah man my throat is quite like sore from talking so much but you know on that note that concludes my episode of kbop rama on stranger 
it is incredible and the fact that I have talked about this drama for at least like half an hour is this speaks volumes to how much I love it and you know I just can't wait to see what the next season holds and you'll definitely have an episode on season two whenever that season finishes probably in October so you know it's gonna be a wild ride and I really hope you guys enjoy this episode and I hope you guys enjoy season two as well so on that note this is Gian from K-pop Rama signing off take care and have a good day everybody Peace.